You are listening to The Message, a podcast by The Last Ghost. Please be advised, this episode may contain some bad language. Enjoy. Oh, that's a very dramatic opening. That's a wee uh, excerpt of a song called The Message, uh, which is going to be on the album that I've got coming out on the 18th of September. And it's a debut album, and it's just called The Last Ghost, by The Last Ghost. Uh, so yeah, so welcome to the very first episode of uh, my podcast. I've never done this before, so this could be uh, utterly shit. Excuse the language as well. I did a wee disclaimer at the start about uh, swearing, and I'll try not to, to be honest, but I want to just be able to tell stories and that, and recount stuff that happened and just get kind of into it uh, and when I do I might end up dropping in the odd swear word so if that happens apologies I'm not trying to be like guns and roses and that trying to be all cool and, and say F and drink Jack Daniels and smoke fags and that it's just that is sometimes how I talk so apologies in advance if that happens anyway why am I here uh, and why are you listening to this well I can answer the first part uh, I thought that I need to try and promote this album somehow and I don't really know how to do that uh, and I thought that podcast might be the way to go as I said at the start I know nothing about well I mean I listen to podcasts to be honest I, there's quite a few that I listen to uh, like and it's it's kind of obvious to say but stuff like Joe Rogan which is probably the most popular kind of one is the one I first started listening to and it got me into the idea of podcasts when you're stuck in traffic and that sometimes better listen than just listen to music. It kind of passes the time a bit. Uh, and I like the Mark Maron one, that's good. Probably stating the obvious series are probably a couple of the biggest ones. Uh, and Kevin Smith, he had a really good one actually. Him and Scott Mosier who produced uh, films like Clerks and Clerks 2. <laughs> I was struggling to think of Kevin Smith films. I absolutely love Kevin Smith as well. I just watched that Red State recently, which was really know what I was expecting at all from Kevin Smith. Uh, but it's one of it's one of the, his best films actually. John Goodman's different class in that. Check it out. I'm not here to talk about films though, as much as I would like to, because that's a bit of a geek, a geeky passion of mine. I thought uh, what I would do is I would talk a wee bit about the album that I've just made. And hopefully, if you're interested in how these things are put together, uh, or if you've got any interest in my music, then this might be of interest. So, I think before I get into talking about the album, I reckon that's probably not going to come till the second episode. So, that was in a couple of weeks from now, from when I'm recording this. Uh, and I'd like to do a couple of episodes of this on the lead up to it. It's quite odd, maybe the way ahead should have been having somebody else here to talk to or to ask me questions or something like that because it's basically just somebody talking, it's basically the, it's the ramblings of a, it's a I was going to say a madman but it's just a guy in his kitchen talking at the mic which is a bit weird and it's a bit weird for me as well but I reckon I'll get into it as it goes, I'll probably relax a bit and get into it and it'll get better so bear with me. But anyway, yes, so that's what I want to talk about is this album called The Last Ghost. And maybe play a couple of tracks from it as well. Uh, so if you do stick with this podcast, you'll get to hear a couple of songs that are on it uh, in advance of them coming out before they come out. And I might try a couple of different versions as well. I might get the acoustic guitar out at some point and try and attempt to play a couple of songs live. Or I'm not sure yet. I'm not quite sure how to how to do this and the best way for it to work. Anyway, that's all the apologies and excuses out of the way. Let's get into it. So I had an idea that it's, it's Friday night while I'm recording this. Uh, and do you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm just to get relaxed a wee bit and get in the mood. I'm going to open a beer. Oh, I'm not saying that drinking's a good idea, by the way. I think the nation, uh, probably the world's went a bit alcohol daft during the lockdown. Uh, so yes, I'm not condoning drinking at all. Don't do it. But anyway, I'm drinking a, I'm drinking a wheat beer. So it's kind of like a fake Erdinger from a supermarket, like a sort of their own kind of cheap version. It's called Patronus, which reminds me of Harry Potter. And uh, it's alright stuff, like, it's quite decent. 
quid a bottle or something like that. Nice cold glass, that's a good tip for you. If you're drinking beer in the house, stick your glasses in the freezer. It makes it so much better, honestly. Trust me on that. So I hope you're all surviving the lockdown and getting through it in one piece and everybody's safe and well. It's been a bizarre time. Uh, not just in this country, I live in Scotland. I know that I've got some people who listen to and appreciate my music in America, uh, in Germany, in Australia, a couple of other places that uh, that, that are kind of far from where I am. But I stay in Scotland and the lockdown's been pretty damn strange. I suppose from a selfish perspective, it was uh, a good time for me to do some recording. So just as a bit of background, I'm not going to talk about the album too much in this episode. I'll, I'll get into in a wee minute what I'm going to talk about, but it did give me the opportunity to sit and record a collection of songs, 15 songs in the end. So something that probably started is me recording a song, and then at some point I thought I could maybe do an EP, and what I've ended up with is a 15 track album, it's almost a double, but I'll talk about that a bit more next time around. Uh, today it's about origin stories. So what is an origin story? According to Wikipedia, that source of knowledge, uh, an origin story is an account or a backstory revealing how a character or a group of people became a protagonist or an antagonist. It adds an overall interest and complexity of a narrative, often giving reasons for the character's intentions. I'd never heard that term before until fairly recently. And I, I didn't watch superhero films. The last one I watched was Superman 3, the one by uh, Gus Gorman, played by Richard Pryor. That was the last one I watched. I'm just not into it. I see there there's millions of them as well, Avengers and Thor and uh, Deadpool. I can't avoid seeing like the trailers and all that. But to me, I'm not that interested in superheroes and these type of films and stuff. But what fascinates me is the story of a band or an artist or a musician, and not just about the stuff they're doing now, but where did they come from? How how did they get to where they are? And I'll be honest, like I'll I'll geek out about that stuff uh, all the time. Like I, I'm. One of these people that's more interested in watching the making of a film than the film itself. So I've got a, a an in-depth knowledge of loads of different films that I've never seen, but I know all about them. Uh, I know a lot about bands and artists that I'll never listen to the music or, or even I don't like the music, but I'm fascinated with their story. Like the the Dirt with the Motley Crew, that's a really good one for me because I thought the book was brilliant. It was one of the best books I've ever read, but I hate the band. I think they're I think they're terrible. But uh, I think their story is absolutely fantastic. Anyway, this uh, if you don't like that kind of thing, if you're not interested in somebody's story and their history and all that, then probably better to switch off now because this is going to be a boring one for you. Especially because I'm going to talk about bands uh, and music in a, in a time that uh, that might not resonate with people. It might, it might mean nothing. And I'll be talking about names of people that you, you don't know, you've never met before. So try to keep up. But... Uh, Yes, this 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 is indulgent, I suppose, for me, and I like talking about this stuff. I like talking about the past and stuff that I kind of did with, with friends and at a certain period of time in music, a culturally exciting time, the nineteen nineties. Maybe history has not been that kind to it actually, because in hindsight, a lot of the sort of popular stuff and a lot of the shenanigans, you know, it's maybe by today's standards, uh, potentially not that acceptable. I think it was a great time for, for art and music and it was an exciting time and a great time to be in a band and be involved in music and some of the music stands the test of time. Uh, I was just watching a Supergrass live stream the other night a couple of weeks ago and that's just an example of sort of like a great young band that came out of that period that sort of transcend all the nonsense and Britpop and all the sort of hype and they just stand the test of time as a great band. Well, during that time, uh, this is the period of time I'll talk about will be kind of 1995, I suppose, to uh, ooh, 2008. That's the kind of period of time I'm going to talk about here and the sort of stuff I was doing in music. So to kind of open it up, right, and I'll play some songs for that time as well, so it's not going to just be me talking. And uh, I'll try and to bring a bit of context to it. So some of the bands and the music that I'm talking about being involved in, I'll play a song from each of that kind of the, that sort of period as well. So each of the kind of the three key bands that I was in, I was involved in, uh, I'll play a song from each of those kind of periods of time just to give a bit of context and just allow you to kind of hear some of the stuff that we're, uh, we were doing at that point. So I was in a band called The Rain. It was a five-piece and the five guys who were in the band, myself, uh, Craig, Alan, John, Rory, we were all from uh, a town 
where I still live now. And a few of us, in fact, most of us are still in touch, and a couple of us are still really, really good friends and see each other a lot and still do a wee bit of music together now and again, which is great. But uh, this was a great period of time, 1996. Uh, my first kind of job in that band was, was on the drums, and after a period of time at rehearsing, I kind of sort of graduated, if you like, to, to lead vocals. I never intended to be the singer or the frontman in a band, but I just kind of, I suppose gravitated towards it and just through rehearsals it maybe sounded like we needed a, an actual singer so Alan was uh, was, was kind of singing and playing guitar and writing the songs along with Craig I never wrote anything at that point to be honest I'd never really written a song in my life and uh, it just kind of made sense for us at that point to get a drummer in become a five piece and have a kind of focus point a front man so that became my job and I kind of took to it and I, and I did like it uh, I, I would have a few pints before going on stage, mind you. I mean, we were young, there's just a bit of contact. 1996, I was uh, 19 and 20. So the band kind of aged in range from 18 to 21. And uh, we were called The Rain. We uh, done a couple of demos and we played a lot of really good gigs that we really uh, still talk about now and still remember now. And I think it's with the bands that you're in and, and, and when it comes to music, the first time is always the most exciting. You know, it's, The Rain was, wasn't probably the best band I was in in terms of uh, musical ability and songs, but it was the most fun. And the songs, I think, were, uh, were, were just perfect for us at the time. And the bands kind of kind of dissolve later and the lineup kind of change and things... Uh, were never as fun again after that for me and I think that's probably just how it is because it's the tightest you'll ever be your band is like your your gang it's it's the only thing that matters and you experience these things for the first time together with your friends who you play music with and there's a kind of like it's pretentious like there's a sort of power in that there's a, that that kind of feeling of you, you know you're up against it and that and you want to prove yourself and you're kind of you've got youthful excitement and Anyway, I'm going to play a song from that band and I hope it kind of captures the youthful sort of energy we had. Uh, it's it's a song I still like. I think it's a great song written by Alan. Probably the first song we ever kind of played together. And it ended up being the song we would kind of open the, the sets with in 1996. And uh, I still like it. It's a song called Another Revolution and the band is called The Rain. Try 
it takes me back that I'll, I still like that song. I still think that's a great song. The that was recorded on tape, and the tape feels a wee bit kind of wonky in places and that. And it's funny, like when you just get used to sort of digital recording and recording on your phone and record or just recording an album digitally, and you forget the kind of weird warm feeling from tape. And that tape's twenty four years old. Uh, it probably got digitised by Craig from the band at some point, maybe 10 years ago, and thank goodness for that, because that stuff can get lost. But I love hearing that. I thought that was... Uh, I, I still like the song. You can you can hear that we're rough, and we're kind of like uh, just young and enthusiastic and stuff like that. We've no master their instrument shit, and the, the singing's no great on it. Uh, from me, it's, it's alright, it's passable, but uh, it reminds me of a, a really brilliant time, just an exciting time, and, and it probably is the best time of everybody's life, you know, when you're that age and you're out doing your thing, and if you're lucky enough to be out doing music and be playing live with your friends, it's a, it's it's a perfect. It's a it's a, I, I could not recommend it highly enough. If you're if you're young and you've got musical ambitions and you want to play live after the lockdown and people can go and see gigs and that again, if you're thinking about it, just do it because you don't you, you don't know until you get out there and you try it and uh, it might be great. And, and even if even if it flops and it fails and people hate your music, you'll still have a You'll have a great time and uh, go for it. So that was the first band. That was the thing that got me sort of going properly in music. I kind of mucked about with a few friends in a, a rehearsal room and uh, mucked around and played a bit of bass and a bit of drums and that. And I was, I was pretty terrible at both of them. And I still am, actually, to be honest. But I liked it. And I, I liked getting the feel for just being in that environment, being in a practice room and having, like, amps and uh, microphones and drums and all that sort of stuff you just grew up watching. It was a domain like, for me, Queen and uh, the Beatles and all these bands and, and to be in amongst that equipment and in that environment, you, f- you feel like you've kind of crossed over into some sort of amazing secret world where you can actually do it, you know, you can, you can, you can interact with the, with, the, with the instruments and you can make a lot of noise and you can start to learn about connecting with your friends in a band. And uh, it was a brilliant period, but that that was the sort of first kind of serious band I was in, and it it was serious because we had Alan and Craig in that band who who wanted to write songs, and uh, Rory and John who kind of sort of made up the rest of the band at the same level as us. They were just kind of starting. They they weren't great musicians uh, at the beginning, and, and and I wasn't a great singer. Alan was kind of maybe ahead of the pack in terms of sort of ability and stuff like that, and. Uh, but the rest of us were enthusiastic and we we tried hard and we all got better and we gradually got better and better to the point that we could play live. And I think when we did get out there, when we used to play with other bands, other bands might have been technically more proficient on their instrument and stuff like that. But I think we, I think we had better songs and I think we we had kind of exuberance and and we just loved it as well. Like it was a party on stage. We'd, we'd drink on a Monday night or whatever would be like the best Saturday night out of your life and, we, and and the crowd from our town as well came to watch us and support us and the uh, it was an event I think when we played live as well and we quite, quite, quite quickly played some big gigs so we went from playing like a bloody basketball court on the first gig on a Monday night to playing to a really decent venue called the Attic in Edinburgh by the kind of end of that week and then by the end of that year a few months on we were playing you know sort of Edinburgh's at that point, it was the best sort of live music venue in, Ed- in Edinburgh. I called it the venue, and we played there in December nineteen ninety six, and it was a great show. It's on YouTube now, actually. Uh, so yes, I think that was a great, really exciting time for for me, and and I think for the others as well. Well, definitely for the others because we talk, we talk about it a lot. You know, we're still in touch, and uh, Rory, who played bass in that band, is lives in Australia now, and you know, it's been a long time since we played music with him, but he's been in touch recently talking about uh, just a fondness and an affection for that time and it was such a great feeling you know we never actually made it we never got signed we never made it big but we thought we were probably at points we were maybe sitting having a drink and we used to talk about it and thinking we were about to take over the world and we never did but that feeling of being on the verge of that even if it was just in your mind or just in your group of friends and stuff like that and the band you're in it was still a great feeling and I still remember that I still think about that quite a lot and it, it's it's great to have these memories so yeah sorry as I say I feel like an old guy in that trying to preach but if you're in a band or you want to be in a band or you do music and that you can get people together especially if they're your friends because I, I loved everybody in that band like uh, the five of us were, were tight and we were great friends and we were really close especially in that first year and it was a great a great feeling and uh, I'm still nostalgic for that now but hey ho 
you can't relive these days, man. You can you can remember them and you can watch the videos and listen to the the tapes and stuff like that. And, and it's it's good to be able to do that. I'm glad that stuff was recorded and, and still exists. And I I like the I like the nostalgia and stuff like that. A lot of people don't like that, but I yeah, do like the nostalgia. I'm one of these people. Anyway, that band got us started, and it was great. And it, like what happens in these sort of scenarios. Uh, you get different musical ambitions and, and you want to try and do different things and inevitably uh, means personnel changes. So move on to a year and oh, two years later, we had changed the lineup a bit and we were just into uh, different things, I suppose, and the, the songs kind of got longer uh, and just a bit more kind of grown up and a bit more serious and it felt like we were in that band for... 100 years and, and, and the progression was over a long period of time but I'll play a song next uh, and it, it probably shows the difference even just in sort of difference just in intent and in songwriting and uh, musicianship and singing I suppose I think my singing's probably better on the next one and uh, this we changed the, the band name to Rainmaker at this point as well and as I say the lineup had been tweaked a bit and we were Still, we're still in the middle of it and we're still uh, loving it and we're still enthusiastic and young and having a great time. So skip on to 1998, we recorded a demo on Gala Shields, which is a wee, uh, a wee place in the Scottish borders. We were holed up there for a couple of days, a couple of, over a couple of different sessions. Uh, and Chris and Douglas were in the band at this point, great drummer uh, and bass player. And great friends of ours as well, also from the same town. Everybody that the, the band that passed through that band was like a mile radius and we were grew up together and knew each other really well. But you'll hear the progression here on this one. This is a song, uh, this is my favourite song at that point. This is again written by Alan, but it seems a bit imbalanced here because actually Alan and Craig uh, wrote the songs, but it just so happens this is another Alan composition. Uh, in fact, actually, maybe it was Alan and Craig. I think it was just that. I'll tell you what, if it was Alan and Craig on this, oof, Craig's not going to be happy, and I'm sure he'll correct me if he uh, ever listens to this, which he probably won't. But this is a song we recorded in 1998, and I love the song. I love singing this song, and it's still a great song to me now, and I still love listening to this song. This studio version or a live version, I'd go and play the song tomorrow on stage and I think it would still sound good and I'd still enjoy it and it would still sound like a really grown-up, well-written song. This is something called Hold On and it was by the second band I was in, which is kind of an evolution of the first band. We were called Rainmaker. This is a 1998 recording and it's called Hold On. Yes. 
something really weird about that because uh, that that song used to bring a wee tear to my eye when uh, in certain certain lines in it, and uh, it it still can, uh, which is really really nuts. So I listened to there's been a recently unearthed recording of this from 1998, and it's on YouTube now as well. When we we played this live and quite a decent sort of quite a decent show in our 1998 kind of I say tour, but. The 1998 run of shows, and I tell you, I don't know what it is, but it, it's still got a bit of power. That song f- for me to 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 reduce me to uh, reduce me to a gibbering wreck, and uh, that that's great. I'd love to be able to write a song like that, and I think I've written a couple of songs on. Sorry, just to come back to the album because that I suppose that's what that's what prompted this podcast in the first place. But I've never been able to write a song like that. But I think I think. I might have come close to it on the on the album The Last Ghost out on the eighteenth of September. So I if you can write a song like that, that that can that can provoke a strong response in the person that hears it, whether it makes them uh, elated or, or it makes them want to cry or, or whatever it can be, that's an amazing gift that well gift, that's the most pretentious thing I've said during this entire thing. but it's a it's an amazing skill to have Anybody can write a song, you know, you can write a song tomorrow, or you write a song in five minutes time, and it'll be a song, if it's got like a melody and a couple of words and it's a song, but to write a a great song like that, it's brilliant, and I, and I, that's, I strive to that, and, and I say Alan and Craig were the writers in, in these bands we were in, and, and even now, like, I'm not in competition with them, because we, we didn't have that type of kind of uh, dynamic, but... I still look back in some of the songs that they they wrote in the Rain and Rainmaker, and I still kind of think, is it as good as Hold On or is it as good as uh, Standard Watching the Rain or whatever that might be? And it's quite nice. That. It's nice to have that. But as I say, I don't think we were ever competitive. I think we we were probably more that we'd try and spur each other on. And in the days like Alan would write a song, and it was always good. Craig would write a song. It was always good. And I think they. That was quite a, a wee, uh, again, I'd, I'd hate to use the word competition, but I think they spurred each other on to, to get better. And I never really wrote much at all. I did start to write a couple of songs during that during that band in Rainmaker, and a couple of them uh, still actually think are actually quite good. There's a song called The 6.9 Song that I still rate to this day. And it's uh, still to this day, like, one of the most kind of sort of personal songs I've written. And, and uh, yeah, I, I couldn't even go into what it's about. It's maybe maybe another time, but I think uh, that having a couple of strong songwriters in the band w- was great, and uh, I wanted to get involved in that somehow. But it took me a while to kind of to get there and to to get the confidence and and, and write anything kind of that was that was good enough. Oh, anyway, uh, this this beer's tasting quite nice. Patronus available from certain uh, decently priced shop. I'm not going to name just now, unless they pay me a lot of money, and I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, bands, those funny little plans that never work quite right, as uh, Mercury Rev said one time in 1998 or something like that, I can't remember. But yes, cut to a year later and that band was gone, It it was finished, it was done, which is a bummer because we kind of like, I think we were at the peak of our powers when we, we packed in. Which is probably quite a good way to go. I say the peak of our powers, it wasn't like the jam, you know, we were just on the back of like five number one albums and then uh, our Weller decided to leave. But I think we were building up a bit of momentum, uh, decent shows and stuff like that. But it tends to happen eh? when you're, when you're kind of doing stuff with your, with your friends and, and even people who aren't your friends. We were lucky that we, we, we were and, and, and our friends in that band, but... Uh, it's hard for five people to be just as interested in the same thing enough to want to do it all the time. You know, if you're in a duo or something like that, it's, you've got to coordinate two people. A trio's manageable. Once you get to five people and they start to get different ideas or different kind of directions for what they want to do, which inevitably happens because people's tastes kind of evolve or they change, and that's hard with five different people. Uh, there's always going to be one or two people maybe pulling in a different direction or feeling that they want to do something else 
or something a bit different. And that's kind of what happened, I suppose. So it, it ended, and it was sad. I hated when that band ended because I loved that band. And I think we all did, actually. And I think we've got a lot of fondness for it now, looking back, and a lot of kind of good memories of that time. But yes, by 1999, it was done. Uh, Craig, Alan and Douglas went on to form another band called Rocco. And they were a great band. The songs were kind of shorter than Rainmaker. Uh, they were more to the point. The musicianship was great. Craig went on to bass. And uh, he still plays bass to this day. And, he, and he's a fantastic bass player. Uh, you can pay me later, Craig, if you want. And this was a really tight unit, and I thought they were a brilliant band. It was quite. A, it's, I've got mixed feelings about about this this band and this time because, as much as I love them, and I went to their gigs and I went to see them, it was always a kind of double-edged sword for me because I loved the songs and, and I loved watching them up there, and they were up there smashing it, and I wanted them to. Uh, but there was always a kind of sort of feeling at the back of my mind that uh, I'd like to. I, I like to have sung that song. That's a great song, and. I reckon I could have, uh, you know, done something with it and, and sang it a bit. And I did, I did get a chance to sing some of these songs a bit later on, towards the end of their time. I think we were, there must have been some sort of talk about us maybe doing something as a four piece. And there is, there is a couple of recordings where I, I have sang on a couple of these songs, and I, I still think they're great songs as well. And I still think that was a, a great band. I was off doing different things at this point, so this is a bit weird for me to play this song, but the. The, the band that I was trying to start at the time and the things that I was trying to do, you know, maybe home recordings and stuff like that on a four track and trying to start another band with a couple of friends. Uh, that that was that was what kept me busy at that point. But I don't think there's many recordings of that, that period. I don't think anything really exists. So instead of playing a song from the band that I was in at that point and the stuff I was doing, this is Craig, Alan and Douglas, who are three guys who were in the, the last band I just mentioned just now. The band was called Rocco. The song is called Distant World.
was a distant world by Rocco from I was going to say 1999 I think probably 2000 actually uh, and that has the same producer and was record ah, this might be wrong actually and uh, apologies again if it is but uh, I know they recorded one of their demos in Gala Shields with the same producer as the Rainmaker uh, recordings but they probably recorded one of the other demos in Edinburgh uh, so I'm not sure which one that is. I think that's a Gala Shields one because it sounds kind of similar sonically to the to the Rainmaker recording. So that was Rocco with Distant World. So if you listen to this because you're a fan of The Last Ghost, then uh, this is just maybe a bit too much background and you're maybe not really that interested. Me talking about stuff that I did 20 years ago. 24 years ago, uh, in some cases, rain and stuff like that, but as I mentioned at the start of this, I like remembering that kind of stuff and talking about it, and, and as I say, I'm, I'm mentioning these names of people that, that probably mean nothing to most of the people who are uh, who are listening to this. So I'll get back to me in a wee second. But uh, yes, so I'm going to now... Before I do anything else, I'm going to go and get another beer because that beer was off again just now. That's a Scottish way of saying awful good. But uh, I'm going to try something like... I don't know, I'm going to check the fridge. Ooh, quite apt. Ooh, why do I keep saying ooh? That's quite strange. I've never said that before in my life. It's quite apt what I'm going to have now. And wait there. Aye, so it's an American beer. Very popular. And it was probably what we were uh, drinking back then. And these days, the the rain and rainmaker and stuff like that, we would drink uh, a certain Jamaican lager quite a lot as well. And also this American beer. I never had this for years. I was off this for about 20 years. I wasn't really that fussed for it. I thought it was terrible. But in the last couple of years, last year or so, I started drinking it again. Freezing cold can out the fridge with an iced glass, well, a glass out of the freezer. And that's what I'm going to have just now, as I think about yeah. So that that so we're getting there. We're we're, in the, we're we're getting there towards like I mentioned stuff that I've done in the past on on the route to what I'm doing just now. And don't worry, we're only in 2000, but but don't worry because there's going to be a massive gap. We're pretty much almost swore there. We're pretty much nothing happened. So we're towards the end now. Yeah. So after that, uh, I I never really did did much music for for a few years in terms of you know original material and creative stuff. But my friend Alan, who was in the first couple of bands you heard there and was also in uh, singing in the band Rocco, took over vocal duties, uh, he was getting together a wee project and he uh, got Douglas back in, who was the, the drummer in, in, in Rainmaker and Rocco, the last couple of songs you heard there. And uh, he was looking for somebody to play some bass and do backing vocals on his, uh, his, his songs that he wanted to put together. He'd, he'd fired together some demos, which I thought sounded great. And I'd never really played bass before, it, seriously, you know, I'd always picked it up in a, in, a, in a practice and had a wee uh, throw around with it, but I'd never played it live before or or uh, on recordings or, or really tried to play it sort of seriously. So I was up for it, but I was I was pretty rudimentary on the bass 
uh, and especially like coming on the back of the the band that Alan had been in and having having Craig on bass, who who was and and still is the bass commander. So I was up for it, and I loved it. The, the The next thing we'd done was a band called Last Man Freeze All. So it was myself, Alan, Douglas on drums, a power trio, and uh, Alan again brought a great collection of songs into the mix. Uh, and I started writing a few tunes around that time as well. Maybe I contributed a couple to that band, but I still wasn't really writing songs prolifically at that point. I'd written a handful maybe uh, in, in, in the last, you know, since I since I started writing songs at all. Contributed in 1997 to the to Rainmaker, uh, and then I, I I'd written a handful of songs. I I done some wee demos in my flat uh, as well when I wasn't in a band, but yeah, that, I I wasn't really a writer. But I contribute some stuff to that, and Douglas and I contributed a lot to the structure of songs as well, which I think kind of took Alan's demos uh, up a notch to sort of a level that they sounded good dynamically and sonically to the point that they sounded good live. And I liked contributing a lot of backing vocals to that band, and I think a big strength of that band was uh, Alan's voice and my voice together providing you know, nice kind of sort of melodic sound and sometimes I felt our harmonies sounded like they were three-part harmonies or, or or more. I think we just managed to kind of fill a lot of gaps. Uh, so no, I loved that. It was, my, it was a great period. I loved being part of the band and not having to stand out front and be the the focus or the front man or whatever. I could sort of be in the background. I could be like John Deacon or John Entwistle or something like that. And I don't mean ability-wise, but that that role in, as part of the kind of the machine and the sound rather than rather than sort of singing on, on top of that. Uh, so I loved that. So that, I think that band probably lasted, do you know, I would say, oh man, probably about 2005, 2006, we started jamming together, and it probably kind of just sort of fell away uh, in about 2013, maybe. I think we're trying to record a second EP, and it just it just didn't really come to anything. Uh, and I think we had, Alan, as usual, provided great songs. For some reason, we never finished it, and it just kind of fizzled out. But uh, between about 2007 and 2009, maybe even up to 2012, the band was kind of it was kind of semi semi functioning in the last few years, and we did the odd thing together. We did a demo, uh, but some of the live shows I think 2009 were, were the best. The best that I, I I think is sort of I've I've played you know like providing bass to that band and, and musicianship and. I could play, but by that point I could play reasonably well, and I think the band sounded great. But we went on to record a demo in 2012, we just called it 2012, and it was a three-track demo. I think it was maybe even like five or six songs that we whittled down to three, and it was the days before you could put your stuff online, before you, when you could put it on like MySpace and stuff like that, and I'm sure there was other platforms, but you, you couldn't you know submit it to Spotify, and people weren't really thinking to put the music on YouTube at that point. So it was a CD uh, era, and uh, we did put some together. In fact, can't we think it? We, Alan and I did record an album for that band together in between 2006 and 2007. Uh, Douglas had kind of bowed out at that point, so the, I, I was on I was on the drums, and and we we tried our best. We had some good songs in it, but then Douglas rejoined, and when we played live, it was just so far, so much better, and so far kind of removed from the album. Uh, it, it kind of meant the album almost kind of sort of fell between the cracks, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, so when the three of us kind of came together again and did shows, and then we eventually uh, got our heads together to record this demo in 2012, this is a song from the demo. and features me on bass and backing vocals, Alan on guitar and singing, Douglas on drums. This is Been Searching by Last Man Freeze All from 2012.
Don't you think that I'm all... I really like that song actually, and I love that band. Uh, to me, that's the most kind of underrated band of the bands that uh, the Massacre Friends were in. I think anyway. And there was times where we were like, uh, we were practicing a lot, and I seem to remember us practicing like uh, till nine till midnight. Now that that's uh, devotion. Like I'd been, oh man, I'd be thirty by that point, and and heading up to the jam and starting at nine. I don't think I could do that now, like I'd be too knackered. But we loved it and we, we wanted to to get the song sounding good and get them sounding right. And uh, I think aye, I think I think things kinda of fizzled later on and we, and we became almost kinda of part time towards the end and then that part time went to nothing. But uh, Craig, who who wasn't in that band, uh, jokingly referred to that band as Last Man Does Fuck All, which is pretty funny like to this Nah, it's not funny actually. Cheeky cheeky anyway so that takes this journey and story up to 2012 and, and that band i think they probably kind of wanted to do another recording as i say i think i think alan and i did get down some some backing tracks for another another ep and uh, i think they're probably still just sitting on a on a computer somewhere it never got finished uh, which is a bit of a shame uh, and I think Alan's probably repurposed some of these songs from that era for for a, a solo album that he's putting together just now. So I'd love to hear them again. And I, 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 I think uh, I think yeah. So anyway, I mentioned at the start as an origin story in the last go. So that maybe gives you a bit of the sort of history, the stuff that I've been involved in over the years, music-wise, and the kind of uh, the journey from there to here. I'll skip the next bit really quickly. I never did much uh, after that. I'd still keep my hand in now and again and play guitar and stuff like that. I was never a great musician anyway, and I'm, I'm still not, but I would, I would play these sort of acoustic covers at home, and I really enjoyed that, and I just started learning about digital recording and, and uh, you know using programs like BandLab and stuff like that. So the first couple of things that I did and re- released under The Last Ghost, well, the first song I released under the name of The Last Ghost was in 2018, and that track's on Spotify just now. It's called One More With Feeling, it was a really late night thing. It was probably four, maybe no four in the morning. I probably finished it at four in the morning, but it was it was done in two hours from start to finish. Uh, there was no guitars on it, no real instruments. I had a wee keyboard thing that I played on it, a drum loop, uh, and yeah, that that was the kind of sort of thing that got me into doing it. And I had to come up with a name at the last minute, and so I went with the last ghost, and it's kind of stuck. Uh, so yeah, that that's on Spotify just now. Uh, I did another EP in 20... Well, it came out on New Year's Day in 2019, so I probably recorded it in 2018 towards the tail end, and that was called Extended Player. A couple of wee singles bridged the gap between that and Extended Player 2, which I released this year, in 2020, before the, the lockdown days. I released that back in March, and another wee single in April. They're, these are These are all on Spotify and all these digital platforms. Uh, and as I say, that kind of takes us up to the present day when I started recording the new album in April called The Last Ghost, which I finished about two weeks ago, uh, and it's out on the 18th of September. It's called The Last Ghost by The Last Ghost. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that uh, trip down memory lane. Well, my memories anyway. I was going to wrap this up by playing a Last Ghost song, an original song, from the uh, some of the stuff I mentioned there that I've got on Spotify that I've done already. But I changed my mind in the last minute. I'm going to do a song by My Morning Jacket uh, to end this show, and it's a song called Bermuda Highway. Hope you enjoy. Sometimes I walk around town looking at faces Wondering why the body's gone to silly places Walking past the carpet mills looking And taking stills your eyes that draw me in Like a Bermuda highway Silly dreams Fall in between 
Sometimes I wonder why some meek I got out of fame Maybe I'm to blame For this short bit of fucked up life But oh, don't carve me Your silly dreams fall in between the cracks of your bed and the wall. Your silly dreams fall in between the cracks of the bed and the wall. Oh, 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 oh. So that was the uh, the debut episode of the message a podcast by the last ghost i enjoyed that actually i was i haven't just been sitting uh, having a few beers and talking into the mic i've no idea if anybody will ever listen to this but if you do and you enjoyed it uh, just I, I suppose it depends on what what podcast service you're using or if it's on youtube if it's youtube stick someone in the comments or subscribe or like it or whatever it is that you got to do now So the wee uh, end bit of the podcast thing, the wee outro that I've already recorded that's going to come on in a minute, probably just repeats all that stuff about subscribing and things. So do that. Comments, subscribe, thumbs up, whatever people do to interact with stuff nowadays. Do that if you want to and if you enjoyed it. And I'd be interested in your feedback because it's quite weird because it's unlike a kind of live performance, you're just kind of recording and talking at a mic or talking at a computer with no sort of instant feedback or any sort of feeling for if anybody's interested or likes it. But I really enjoyed it anyway. Uh, and if anybody else did, that's a bonus. It's always like, somebody, especially someone this long, I mean, we're in an hour now, uh, and it's almost like that kind of thing. You know, it's like I'm leading you all into battle, you know. You won't all be here by the end of this. But if you are and you stuck around to the end, thank you very much. I have been the last ghost. See you later. Bye. Thanks very much for listening. This has been The Message, a podcast by The Last Ghost. If you enjoyed this, please like it or subscribe to it, depending on what podcasting platform you use, or YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, whatever it is that you do on these things. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. If you want to know any more about stuff that I'm doing, things that I'm saying, uh, please visit Twitter at the last ghost three. That's all, folks. Goodbye. This is the message.